listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and this is episode 31 of Backseat Directors, the podcast dedicated to bringing you the latest in movie reviews and recommendations and where you, the listener, can co-host the show with me. On today's episode, I am joined by a good friend and an old BYU classmate, Kyle Garrett. Kyle is a big fan of the horror genre and has been patiently waiting for his time to shine with today's movie review. I'm so glad to finally have him on the show, and we both hope you enjoy our review today. Yeah, I'm excited. I've been listening from the beginning. Dude, you were one of the first persons that was like, hey, I want to be on that podcast. And <laughs> it's taken way too long to get you on the podcast, but I'm, I'm glad we're doing it finally. I was thinking that this morning when I was on my way over, I was like... I would bet I was one of the first to contact and say, hey, let me on there, because I was stoked. I wanted I wanted to come on. It was quite possible that you were the first. Like, <laughs> I'd have to go back and check my messages, but it's it's very possible that you were definitely one of the first. So, um, no, dude, it's good to have you. And I, I, so, okay, before we get into the get-to-know-you questions, um, you, you told me, you told me, like, from the beginning, you were like... Are you going to do horror movies? Because I love horror movies. (laughs) So we'll definitely get into that. So, okay, Kyle, thanks for being here. Um, Our first segment, as always, is our Get to Know You Questions. Now it's time for some Get to Know You Questions. Okay, so let's do this, Kyle. Question number one. What is your Desert Island movie? So that's tough because it's not your... For me, it's not your favorite movie. Right. Because that's different. You're stuck on an island, right? Right. So I was going through, like, what could I watch over and over again? And for me, it's Friday Night Lights. So even though I'm a huge horror fan, some of my favorite movies are from other categories, too. And Friday Night Lights has always just been one that I could watch over and over again. So this, And this is, I mean, we're not talking about the TV show. We're I mean, the TV show's good, yeah. and that's kind of cheating, because then I'd get, like, what is it, five <laughs> or six seasons five. worth of watching something? Yeah, five seasons, um, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, the movie, the 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 movie came out before the TV series, and and I played high school football, but I wasn't I wasn't big or good enough to yeah. play after that. Yeah. So it always just strikes a chord because it is a high school football team. Um, and although it wasn't the first, but it, it's a movie that always makes me cry for sure. Really? Yeah, dude. So okay, so my wife and I, we just finished watching all five seasons of of Friday Night Lights, which so good. which is one of the greatest TV shows I've ever seen. Like it was, it was, it was good from start to finish. I know a lot of people didn't like maybe the direction of like the last two seasons, mm-hmm. but I loved it. I thought it was such a good show. But I haven't seen the movie yet, so that the movie's was, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, and I own the movie too. I own the movie, and I still haven't seen it. That's a good answer. Okay, um, Kyle. Question number two: What is your favorite movie theater snack? So I'm my wife's like a chocolate, and I know a lot of people are like candy bar type people, but I'm like the opposite. So I love they come in like a bag usually, and they're those mini chewy sprees, like the ones that are like tiny little balls. Oh yeah, and you yeah. can like eat like twenty of them at a time. <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorite theater snack, and they're probably kind of annoying for anyone sitting next to me because you pour them out like you know in like a stack, uh, and then you throw them all in your mouth, and they're my favorite. And I've got. Like my brother-in-law now brings them to the theater too because I brought them one time and I was kind of handing them out to everybody yeah. and and now he brings them and they're just my favorite. They're chewy, they're kind of sour. Those those are the kind that you you actually have to bring those into the theater, right? You can, I don't think you can get those at 
I I couldn't most... even tell you because I just sneak them in. <laughs> sneak yeah. in. I haven't even tried. <laughs> anyway, that's all good, dude. I I couldn't even tell you how many times I've snuck in. Especially at so, some theaters are like pretty strict on it, you know, and they'll like like if they see you holding something like right. uh, you know. Others others are kind of more relaxed on that, but Okay, man. Um, question number three is, what was the first movie that made you cry? So I already know Friday Night Lights made you cry, but yes. that was probably not the first it one. It wasn't the first. So, like I said, I've listened from the beginning, and mm-hmm. every time I heard an answer, I was like, yes, that's not mine. Yes, that's not mine. <laughs> Until, like, most, like, recently, and I was so mad. I was like, man, mine was going to be good. So it's Armageddon. Oh my god! Yes, and I like when, and I can't remember who it was that was on, but when they said it, I was like, "No, that's my answer." Like, which is okay. I mean, the truth is the truth, but it was Armageddon. And I remember I was in the movie theater, and I was with like my cousin, and I just remember watching it and being. It was the first time I was like, "Why am I crying?" Like, I'm so sad that. You know, and it was Bruce Willis's character right. when he pulls and right. he and and he said the same thing. He pulls the switcheroo. He sends Ben Affleck back instead of him, and and I was like, why am I crying? Like I yeah. know Bruce Willis is alive outside of this movie. Yeah. I know Ben Affleck's alive outside of this movie. You know, and but for some reason I was like, but I'm crying, and that's happening right now. So so it was. Um, I believe is my our, the episode we did on Baby Driver. So it would have been my friend Matt. And I, I think he's the one that chose Armageddon. But, yeah, Armageddon, that's a good one. Like, that's, like, a sneakily good movie. And not uh, we're not just talking uh, Michael Bay. Like, that's a good movie. <laughs> right. Like, I And I've seen it several times after. It's one of those that I can always, once in a while, like, every few years, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's watch that if it's yeah. on TV or something. <laughs> and I don't cry anymore, but I still get, like, choked up. <laughs> like, I got to fight back those tears. That's a good scene. It's, it's good. a good scene. No, that, that one's good. All right, man. Okay, so question number four. Um, do you have a favorite movie director and or actor? You can choose two if you want. So I'm going to cheat a little on this one because I've got too many favorites. I won't Ooh. make the list very long. But For directors? For for both. So oh, I, okay. I've got like a duo, like a team. I like teams, kind of. <laughs> so and it'll make sense. So Okay. One of the ones, and we talked about this before we hit the record button, but so Dave Fincher, oh yeah, who's uh-huh. done Fight Club, yeah. you know, Gone Girl, mm-hmm. Seven is the one we talked about. Yeah. So he used Brad Pitt and obviously Fight Club and Seven. So Dave Fincher, Brad Pitt, dynamic yep. duo. That's one of my favorites. And then I love Martin Scorsese, and I know mm-hmm. he's got like his great mobster movies, right? Right. right. Um, and 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 I I love those ones, but I'm a fan of the ones he's done with Leonardo DiCaprio. So like The Departed, the Departed. Uh-huh. Aviator, right? Right. Shutter Island's one of yes. my favorites. Yeah. Um, and so I would say those two like kind of dynamic duos have done it for me in in the theaters for sure. That's good, man. No, that's good. You know, um, there's there's one movie I actually just found in my movie collection that I haven't even watched is Hugo. Have you seen Hugo? It's a Scorsese film. It is, it's but I, it's too, one I, I haven't seen either. Huh? No. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I haven't seen that one, but um, no, dude, those, those are, those are excellent films, man. The Departed, The Departed, um, Shutter Island. So my wife showed me Shutter Island for the first time a couple years ago. I was blown away, man. I, I was seriously like for days after just thinking about it, like, wait, What's the real story? Like, right. what happened? That's what I love about Shutter Island is when it was done, we watched it in kind of a group, and we probably spent a solid 45 minutes arguing over the ending. The ending. Right? Like, <laughs> is it this or is it that? Because you can interpret it either way, right? Right, and, right. 
And we spent 45 minutes like, well, this happened earlier in the movie, so it's got to be this. Or I think he was thinking this. And so those kind of movies, if you're still talking about them that long after, they have an impact. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Totally. Okay, last question, Kyle. If you could change the ending to any movie, which would it be and how would you change it? And if you're going to give spoilers, just give a soft spoiler warning. Just let people know, you know, especially if it's a more recent movie. Okay, this one, it's it's seen when I looked it up, I thought it was more recent than it is. Um, so Law Abiding Citizen is mine. Gerard Butler was oh, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Gerard Butler is kind of the dad who um, his family's like murdered at the beginning. Yeah. And, he, and Jamie Foxx is the attorney. And so they strike a deal with the murderers, right? So mm-hmm. he... So Gerard goes on like this rampage, right? Kind of, kind of like Man on Fire, one of right. those like revenge type movies. So you're rooting for essentially the bad guy because Gerard's doing all this illegal stuff and you're rooting for him the whole time. And so here's the spoiler, right? So he, but he doesn't win. Right. Like he's the one who ends up losing and you can argue like, you know, you can't get away with all that stuff and right. and that's true. But it, just the way it happened, like it was just kind of like, haha, you didn't win, you know? And I, I don't want to give away the whole thing, but I would have just had... Gerard Butler either disappear into the woods, you know, and he could live the rest of his life knowing he kind of served his revenge. Right. Um, because I feel like Jamie Foxx kind of outsmarted him, so to speak, but but by luck. Like, it wasn't Jamie Foxx really outsmarting him. Right. And I just, I felt like that was just a, not a good payoff for the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would have to go back and revisit that one. It's been a while since I've seen that one, but no, I I, I agree. There, so that's kind of a trend in, in one of the answers I've gotten for this question is that sometimes an ending is so good up to a point and then they they do something within the movie or within the scene itself that you're like, wait, you should have stopped. You should have done you know something so minor that could have made the movie like so much better. Right, and I think that's what it was for me is not that Gerard Butler – so to speak, lost. Right. But it was just the manner it, it happened. Right. He, he like revealed his mastermind plan, but then it was like, eh, actually, you didn't. You know, yeah. it just it just wasn't a good payoff. Yeah. All right, man. Well, good. All right, dude. Those are our get to know you questions. And uh, let's, uh, let's go on to uh, this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. Okay, everyone. So this week's movie is it is it. <laughs> <laughs> details based off of Stephen King's best-selling 1986 horror novel it tells the story of a small New England town that has been plagued by an evil entity for centuries a pattern of murder and violence that takes place every 27 years has now awoken again so when children begin to disappear from this small town of Derry Maine a group of seven young kids who call themselves the losers club are compelled to face their biggest fears as they square off against this evil entity who takes the form of a circus clown named Pennywise. Will you be able to face your own fears 
alongside the children. Hi, Georgie. Aren't you going to say hello? Oh, come on, bucko. Don't you want a balloon? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. My dad said so. Very wise of your dad, Georgie. Very wise indeed. I, Georgie, am Pennywise the Dancing Clown. You are Georgie. So now we know each other. He right? I guess so. I gotta go. Go? Without this? It was released in U.S. theaters on September 8th, 2017. A little fun fact for everyone listening. In the novel, Pennywise the Clown awakens every 27 years to terrorize the town of Derry. The original TV miniseries was released in 1990, exactly 27 years before this new film. Also, the actor that plays Pennywise was born in 1990. He turned 27 just one month before it made its theatrical debut. It has a running time of 2 hours and 15 minutes. It is rated R for violence, horror, bloody images, and for language. Parents, this is a movie not for children. (laughs) This might be a movie not for many adults either. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I highly stress this is not a kid's movie. Even though there are kid actors that really make up the, the main actors of the movie, or main characters of the movie, Um, Do not bring your children to this uh, unless you want them sleeping in your bed until they move out of the house when they're 18. (laughs) Okay, uh, it stars the Losers Club. That's right, seven children uh, comprise the Losers Club, starting with Jaden Lieberher as Bill. Um, Bill, who has a stutter. Sophia Lillis as Beverly. Finn Wolfhard as Richie. Wyatt Olaf as Stanley. Jack Grazer as Eddie. Chosen Jacobs as Mike, and Jeremy Taylor as Ben. Little brother to Bill, Georgie, is played by Jackson Scott. And Bill Skarsgård plays the iconic role of Pennywise, the evil clown. Jaden Lieberher is an actor we have discussed on this podcast already. He started the Book of Henry earlier this summer as Henry, and has had numerous roles in other recent movies such as Midnight Special, The Confirmation, and Aloha. Finn Wolfhard made a a big splash in the net in the hit Netflix series Stranger Things as Mike Wheeler. Finn will be reprising that same role in season two of Stranger Things that will debut next month for Halloween. One more fun fact. Actually, I got a couple more of these. So here's another one. At the request of director uh, of the director of this movie, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise, was asked to not meet any of the children actors until he showed up on set to film the first encounter with the, with the Losers Club. This was done specifically to make sure the young actors would be scared of Pennywise during filming and not associate him with a real person. And according to interviews with the director, the strategy worked. So it was directed by Andy Muschietti. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right. But Muschietti, who is Argentine, uh, Argentine born, does not have many films to his name, but he is known for directing and writing uh, the 2013 horror thriller movie, Mama which stars Jessica Chastain. It had an estimated $35 million production budget. And in the opening domestic weekend box office totals, it brought in in excess of $117 million, and it has already grossed over $185 million globally, making it the highest 
or the biggest opening weekend for a film in the horror genre, the biggest opening weekend for any Stephen King adaptation, and the second biggest opening weekend for a rated R film. This movie is a hit, and these are astounding results for so many different reasons, and the sequel to it has most undoubtedly been assured. So let's, uh, let's do one more, <laughs> one more little fun fact. When the film's first teaser trailer debuted online, it generated over 197 million views within the first 24 hours. This broke the previous record, which was held by The Fate of the Furious earlier this year, which had 139 million views in its first 24 hours. Uh, so it crushed it. All right, listeners, be sure to stay, uh, stay to the very end of the podcast to hear what some members of the audience had to say about uh, the movie. And also, just an FYI, in our review, we will go into some minor spoilers. This is something that I have never done before with a new movie, but I felt that it was necessary. Now on to the review. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Okay, man. So let's um, we're going to go ahead and just jump right into this review. Um, I want to talk about, though, just a little bit of like our anticipation leading up to the movie, you know? I know you said you said you have not seen the or it's been a while since you've seen the TV series, right? And I've seen I I don't even know if I've seen the whole thing to be honest. I've seen parts of it on TV, uh-huh. and I know like talking to like my parents, it was pretty scary for uh-huh. them when it had come out, um, and it wasn't super long ago. I mean, you know, obviously we were still around, so it's not like right, right. movies that were out <laughs> before we were alive. But yeah. I remember my parents um, whenever it came up. Which is, I mean, isn't often in life, but you know, my mom was always like, "That movie was, or that movie was creepy," and yeah. it's actually, you know, the miniseries. But yeah. she always just thought it was so creepy. So I remember, I rem- like my my memories of, about around it because the original TV series came out in 1990. I remember, like, just being in elementary school and like on the playground and stuff, and like kids talking about it. It was always. Like it was for a while, it was like the topic of conversation for kids because it, it, you know, it was a clown, right? Like, it is a clown. It's a killer clown, and so like when you're a kid, like it's it, it's very polarizing. At least that's what I just remember. I never saw it though, never saw the TV series. Haven't read the book, so for me, I was definitely going into the movie like completely unaware of the story of what was going to happen. Which I'm sure is probably a lot different to a lot of other people, you know. So a lot of other people m- most likely have seen the the TV series, maybe even read the book. Um, so for you though, you're being you being a horror movie fan, right? So there have been some horror movies that come out this year, and you've seen. I know you saw, um, you saw It Comes at Night, right? Did you see that I one? I didn't. Oh, you didn't. I didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, all right, man. Okay. Yeah, we well, talked. We, we talked about doing that one, and <laughs> then we just like. <laughs> There was a misstep with our with our schedules, and so I was like, eh, I'll yeah. catch it when it comes out. Okay, well, dude, we need to do a movie night. We'll do a movie night and do, like, yes. like some quick, like, Instagram story reviews, and we'll watch It Comes a Night. So, okay, but it, is, at least, you know, when the movies start getting their release dates and stuff like that, um, and this one was scheduled for this year, you know, it, it was probably one of the more highly anticipated films, I think. Even for, like, non-horror movie fans... Because the 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 name it is so so familiar with so many people, right? I think it's one of those one of those movies, or at least the miniseries was one of those 
kind of like how Jaws made people scared to swim. Yeah. Right? Like, it made you, now you kind of, if you went to a birthday party, you looked sideways at the clown, like, what's he going to do, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And it and it had that same, I think, kind of effect that the miniseries did. So mm-hmm. when they announced it and it was coming out this year, and I think the the miniseries was recent enough that people had seen it, and it's not so long that they, it's not the same crowd, right? It, right. It's the same crowd, and they're right. excited. But then you also have people like me who who haven't maybe seen it or have seen bits and pieces and it's more the folklore of it and right. now we're exci- I was excited for like a modern interpretation of it or a right. modern you know movie magic version of it you know so I, I mean you know in all the research that I do I this is one thing that I should have looked up um just kind of the I guess the history of haunted houses and things like that when did like haunted circus themes you know for haunted houses become a thing yeah. you know I wonder if it was maybe one of the inspirations that you know, really push for those themes. Cause even here in Utah, haunted houses are a big thing. There are haunted houses everywhere, oh, you know, they're like Starbucks at, yeah. in October. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they really are. I love, I love Utah in the fall, but you know, like they have, they have haunted houses that are just like clown themed right. you know, or circus themed, you know? So like scary clowns is like a thing now. And especially, do you remember last year? You remember last yes, year? The killer clowns back, back in the East. It was like, I think yes. it was like North Carolina or South Carolina when all of a sudden clowns, just start popping up and like people are like they're like in the woods and people yeah. are like taking pictures of them and yeah, stuff like it was that the, yeah they always said it was like at the edge of the woods yes yeah maybe it was just a pr stunt for <laughs> upcoming Dude, it would, but it was it was be, in the news i remember that legit if that was the case <laughs> no that yeah and uh you know i don't know just like clown yeah i think you're totally right like clowns clowns are definitely now associated with scary things and fear and stuff like that and yeah, kudos to Stephen King. Like if he was the guy that kind of initiated all that, good on him, man. <laughs> okay, so going into the movie, I mean, you and I saw the movie together, and we just saw it just what two nights ago, right? So opening night. Um, what would you say? What would you say? Like your viewing experience was? Were you scared? I was scared. I yeah. I came home, and I told my wife that was legitimately. One of, if not the scariest movies I've seen in theaters. Yeah. And there's probably people listening who are, oh, no, this was scarier. That was scarier. And and maybe it was just a combination of things. But for me, and you brought up haunted houses, and we talked about this. It was like that anticipation in a haunted house when you're like, what's around this corner? Or you see something and you're like, this is going to jump out at me. I know it. Yeah. And then it goes a different direction. It was like that anxiety the whole time. Right, but not not in like a way that it was uncomfortable. It was just like exciting. It was like running through a haunted house and just being like, "When is he gonna show yeah. up again? When is Pennywise gonna jump back yeah. at somebody?" Yeah. But it did it without like there was some jump scares, and I think that was one. Of, that's why you have to go to the theaters, right? right? When the entire crowd goes ah, and they're grabbing people <laughs> next to each other, and everyone kind of like breathes a sigh of relief at the end of the scene. Like yeah. that's so fun. Yeah. And. They just did that so well. Like the the seeing it in theaters experience with a crowd of people who were just scared all at the same time was super fun. Well, and especially so the, the row in front of us, you know, at the Megaplex theaters, they have the D box seats. Yes. So those things rumble, and they rumble so much that like our seats were shaken too. It, and that, I, sometimes that scared me more than what was happening because like it, I felt like the theater was like an earthquake or something. Yeah. So I I would agree. Like seeing it in theaters with like a ton of people who are all jumping at the same time and yelling and screaming and stuff. Like, yeah, it, it was fun. Like it was, it was really a fun experience. Just like people who, 
people who like to get scared of movies or just kind of like that, you know, just that, that viewing experience, it's fun. Like it really was just like, you know, going through a haunted house. Yeah. Like you're going to get scared. You're going to jump like your heart kind of gets racing, but it's fun. Like that's what that movie was like for me. Um, so at the end of the movie, what were your first impressions and thoughts? Were you like, that was a good movie or you like, I was impressed. So yeah. one, one thing about being a horror movie fan is you kind of get used to everyone else thinking the movies you like are dumb. Yeah. Right. Cause horror yeah. movies on IMDb, on Rotten Tomatoes, they right. never score well. Right. And as a horror fan, you just kind of get over that and realize that. But so kind of going back to right before. So I looked up Rotten Tomatoes right before and it was like 90% certified fresh. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe this is going to be one that turns maybe not the corner for the rest of horror movies, but like one that'll stand out. Right. And, and I thought the same thing when it was done, I was like, that was well done. It wasn't, you know, like it wasn't cheap scares. You know, some movies will do like, Oh, look how gory we are. And that's why we're scary. Right. This like struck your core fears of things. And so it was just well done. And I was, I was impressed. Okay. So I usually do, I usually do critiques first, but I think this is a good segue into maybe talking about some of the strengths of the movie. Okay. And so, um, and okay, everyone who's listening, I don't, I, I avoid spoilers, but I feel like there are some things that I really want to address in this movie <laughs> that will be like, they will be minor spoilers. And so feel free, to, Kyle, if you want to talk about something spoilish, but let's make sure that people who are listening know that right. if you haven't seen the movie yet, we might talk about some things that I, I don't want to give away anything heavy. And I don't think, I don't think the things that I want to talk about are going to be heavy, but right. Okay. So let's talk about, you know, some of the strengths of this movie. Cause you said, you know, it, it is, it, it's, it's getting very well received among movie critics and, and among fans. Like it's, it's scoring really well. I think one of the things on why it is doing well is because of, one the time frame that it takes place in so it's the late 80s you know so a lot of people our age or even older it's very nostalgic right they talk about new kids on the block you know like it's just there there are a lot of things to reminisce about and the 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 vibe and the the tone of the movie because it's somewhat of a coming of age movie for the characters is very goonies-esque you know so you have these group of kids they're good friends. There's a lot of banter. There's a lot of fun dialogue. They make fun of each other. They make fun of themselves. Like it, it's just in that aspect, it's a very likable movie. So like it for me, it makes sense that like a lot of people would like it. Uh, did you like that aspect of the movie? Did you like kind of that tone and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I I kind of compare it to so another Stephen King Stand by Me, where it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing, right? Like it's Stand by Me kind of has. A, a, a kind of a morbid like just story on paper right but mm-hmm. you're watching these kids exactly the same thing come of age and they're in their banter with each other and in exactly i didn't even think of goonies but 100 percent same thing like yeah just kind of potty mouth kids at times <laughs> yes, who are yes. who are talking like those kids you know do when they're coming home from school and you know they're pushing each other around and, and saying stuff about each other's moms and just kind right. of that funny stuff right um it definitely had that same same feel mm-hmm. yeah and so it like even I guess kind of in the Goonies comparison, in the reason honestly one of the main reasons why I kept thinking of Goonies was because of Richie or Rich, um you know who who is a uh, he plays Mike in Stranger Things you mm-hmm. know, so his character I I was like he's mouth oh he's, he's mouth. mouth from Goonies he's the guy that's always talking he has like the worst 
potty mouth you know like he's always cussing like he's mouth and so that that's like just in the movie that was like the connection that i made um but i've i've kind of seen some people saying online that that they felt like this was maybe this maybe um lessened the scare factor of the movie was because there were a lot of laughs and a lot of just lighthearted humor but i i thought that played well into the movie i thought I, I thought that that just like, you know, I guess if people are really looking for like a really heavy, really scary, really dark movie, maybe this isn't the one for you or the what, you know, it might not meet your expectations, but I don't, I honestly didn't think it lessened the, the scare factor of the movie. I thought, I thought what it did well is just, I thought it developed the characters well. You got to really know the kids. That's what I thought. Right. And I, and I feel the exact same way. So I told my wife, I go, you know what? It was kind of a funny movie too. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. there was those moments of complete terror. Right. And right. then they break it up with these these kids and they were so good. The kids were just so good. Um and their banter was hilarious. And yeah. I agree. I don't think it I don't think it lessened how scary it was. I think it just showed them as characters like they're they're kids at the end of the day, right? Right. Like there there aren't really adults helping them do what they're doing and they're kids, so they maybe don't see the gravity, if you want to call it that, of the entire thing, right? Like yeah. kids are disappearing, kids are dying. Right. They don't see the gravity. So when they have their moments, when they're not completely terrified, they're going to go back to being kids and joking with each other. And right. it was laugh out loud funny for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the, I mean, I, I would say as often as people in the audience were jumping and screaming and yelling in the movie, they were laughing. Right. Like, the whole theater was laughing. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, for me, just because I'm not, I'm not particularly a horror movie fan. I like scary movies, certain kinds, you know, not all of them. And, and you and I were just talking about this, you know. So, like, I, I, I'm not into movies like, like Saw. I think you've seen those movies, I've right? seen all of them, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, you know, anything that, that deals with, like, torture, you know, physical body mutilation, you know, people, you know, just things like that. I'm not into those kind of movies. I love the classic horror films like Halloween you know, or Friday the 13th, you know, the slasher films when, yes. you know, teenagers are getting chased and they hide in the closet and you're yelling at the screen. <laughs> Why are you in the closet? Like, you know, I love those kind of movies. And I, and I, um, even though in, in Amy, I'm sorry, sweetie, I, I know you don't like kind of the paranormal, you know, supernatural <laughs> type scary movies, but like, um, some of my more favorite films recently that are kind of the scary genre are the insidious movies have yes, you seen those those are great so i love those because those not not just because they're scary because i do think they're and there are a lot of good scenes in those movies that are very you know kind of heart pounding yeah it has a story and so and this is why i liked it was because it has a story behind it like there, there's like a legitimate story to it and in the messages of the movie you know so like so really what the kids learn, their progression and their characters, and then, you know, how the movie climaxes. And so, um, so, but, but, and, and maybe we can start talking about spoilers because these are like, for me, these, are, there are some egregious things in the movie that I like, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot not talk about this. Right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. But before we do that, we're, uh, tell me what are some other things that you liked about the movie? Some of your highlights and things like that. So for me, I mean, Pennywise was ridiculously good yeah bill yeah. skarsgård 
um, who I ha- first hadn't heard of. I know a yeah. lot of people know him from he did like Hemlock Grove is what it's called yeah, it on w- Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And I saw I think I saw like maybe half the first season. I didn't I didn't really keep up with that show okay. though. Uh-huh. I, I saw some people like on Twitter say, Oh, I'm so glad, you know, Bill Skarsgård from yeah. Hemlock. So I haven't seen any of it, but man, he was so good. Yeah. His exchanges, yeah. like he you can see how he operated like right at the beginning. Yes. Right? Like he's there's times where you're like, Oh, he's he's a clown, he's funny, he's right. doing funny. But then it's like boom, he turns and he's like this scary demon yes. like yes. just killer clown and oh my gosh. and i mean his voice and his and his mannerisms and just mm-hmm. how he moved mm-hmm. bill skarsgård nailed it with that totally different from tim curry's and tim curry did great for the tone of that movie right and he still gets praises for how he played pennywise but the tone of this movie was different and bill skarsgård nailed it okay well let's talk about that first scene though because for me i think the creepiest scene of the movie was within the first five minutes. And that was it, the it, first it, thing it's, you it's said. The, it's very iconic. Is when he he's in the sewer. So Georgie, Bill's little brother, it, you know, he loses his little paper boat and it goes down the sewer and he sees it in the sewer. Like that. That is a very iconic, just picture scene. You know, from the original. Like it's just when people think it, like you think a scary clown in the sewer, right? Like it's it's <laughs> freaky. It's very scary. Um, but that was definitely for me. That was like. That established the scariness and creepiness of it right in the beginning. And so, and so like, I know, and again, this is kind of things that I've read online. People are like, there are too many jump scares. For me, this wasn't even a jump scare because there's a conversation between Georgie and it that, that takes like over two minutes where they're just talking to each other in the sewer. And so like, there's nothing, there's no jump scare aspect of that. But yet, just like you said, how he talks what he says where he could go from laughing to steel face like in an instant. Yeah, no, he that actor did very very well as as Pennywise. Yeah. And I think one thing that that like the promotional stuff before mm-hmm. did well is we didn't hear much of Pennywise's voice. Yeah. The the teaser, you barely saw him. Right. The it's kind of covered by balloon. Right. Like All that. the trailers mm-hmm. were more shots of him, right? Images and I think they towards the end had a couple where you heard his voice, yeah. but up until I got to the movie, I didn't really know how he was going to talk or, yeah. you know, how, how his voice was going to be or how he was going to talk back and forth with the characters. Right. And I think that was a good move because yeah. we get insight in that first scene, like you're talking about. And it just was so creepy. I mean, when we walked out, that was the first thing he said, the The creepiest scene for me was that first conversation in yes. the gutter. And, yeah. and I have to agree. Right. So, Okay, so and and I this was something I did want to mention, <laughs> just um, in my initial impression of the movie. Um, so I knew the movie's rated R going into it, you know. So I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be rated R for like a lot of language and stuff like that, you know, like 14 year old kids, just like you said, you know, right. like you're a freshman in high school, like this is like the type of language you hear like when you're at school and stuff like that. Um, I I thought. I thought the scary aspect of the movie would be somewhat toned down just because it's all kids and like in like little kids too, like Georgie, I, I think, I think he was eight years old or something like yeah. that, you know? And so I'm like, how scary can this movie really be when you, like the entire cast, they're all kids and like the whole movie's based on kids and stuff like that. Okay. No, there, there is, <laughs> there are no, the, the, nothing is held back because the actors are kids. So, like, if any of you listeners, if you guys are thinking, like, okay, like, it won't be so bad because, yeah, things are scarier when you're dealing with adults or, like, older people or whatever. No, no, no. 
Like this is it's a legit scary movie for sure. It's um, not Stranger Things. This no. has real <laughs> real like who cares how how old these kids are? It is not Stranger Things. Dude, that is a fantastic comparison. Yeah, like Stranger Things is very creepy and like that and that is great great watching. Oh, love it. Love, love it. Stranger yeah. Things. This is on a whole another level. Definitely. <laughs> no, that's I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so I want to get into some of these critiques and and I want to talk some plot holes. Okay, so listeners, fair warning. And I will give you, anytime I feel like there's a spoiler, I will tell you spoiler. So if you feel like you don't want to listen to this, go ahead, fast forward, um, you know, before going to the movie. If it may be, Maybe if you've already seen the TV series, like this won't be spoilers for you. Okay, but these are some of the things that I want to talk about. Okay, so for me, there were, there were some glaring issues with some of the things presented in the movie that, like... I just it just really bothered me that that they didn't really even attempt to explain these things. Okay, first thing I want to talk about are the bullies. Okay, so let me see. I have IMDb pulled up right now. Um, the names of the bullies. Let me see. Do you remember? Do you remember the name of like the main bully? What was his name? I I he just was mullet kid to me. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. had that nasty mullet. Let me see. Was it was it Victor? No, that's not. I swear Shoot. one of the one of the bullies had a funny like belch or some weird name. But the uh, main one didn't. I can't remember his name. Shoot, man. Um Okay, that was that was one of the bullies. Um one of the bullies was Patrick. The other oh Belch. Belch Huggins was the huskier bully okay, kid. Yeah, that was right. I knew it was like something to do with Oh, him. here we go. I found him. So the actor is Nicholas Hamilton Henry. His Henry. name Henry Bowers. Okay. So there's like there's like this group of like four bullies, right? And they're and they're bullying bullying the losers club relentlessly. Um but it's not just bullying. It's not just name calling. It's not harassment. They the, so a uh, spoiler warning. There is physical harm done to these kids, and I'm not just talking punching or pushing either. Right. Right. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like when they're when they're when they corner Ben, you know the chubbier Ben um, from Soch. Yeah, that's right. Ben from Soch class. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the guy who likes new kids on the block. Yeah. (laughs) They call him the new kid. Yeah. I love that. So they corner him and they pull out a knife and they use the knife. Right. Right. They yeah they like like this is like like serious deranged behavior from other teenagers like like very very disturbing like just and, and again like it, it goes way beyond bullying and harassment like they are totally. physically harming these children and um and then there's another another scene where they corner um mike um the yeah yeah so the homeschooled kid yes yeah where they're they're about again spoiler warning listeners they're about to like light him on fire when they have they have the the can of mm-hmm. um, hairspray and a lighter like yeah. and they like, had already done some good damage right beating him up yeah. yes and so and, and and a lot of it stems from the main bully Henry they never really go into why this bullying goes to like this level right like where it's like like. I, I just, I don't know. It's just beyond bullying and it's nothing. I've never really experienced bullying, you know, beyond just like stuff at recess in school, like, you know, very minor stuff. And like, it's like this, this is, I, I don't know. It bothered me that it was to this extent. 
and that they didn't really explain why the kids were okay with this. Right. You get you get kind of an insight on why Henry's a bully to begin with, right, right towards the end. But but not to that extent. Like you would understand if he was the name calling, push down, right. you know, spit a loogie on yeah. type bully. Yeah. But you're right when like using weapons and and like they're they're like making the kids bleed. Like I mean, and and, and again, it's not just punches and pushes. Like they're using weapons on right. Them. Like so that that really bothered me. I don't know if that bothered you, but I just okay. If you're gonna show that, you need to explain why. It is. It has gone to as far as it has, and why like the other kids around, like within the bully group, are like okay with this too, because Henry Henry's always the instigator. Right. He's like even the bully among his friends and his peers, and and I just I don't know. I just I wasn't okay with it. Like it would make sense if if so. Okay. So there are other parts of the movie. This is minor spoiler, where you learn that Pennywise the clown he is able to influence others and get them to do things that right. he wants them to do without, you know, where he, he'll just whisper to them, basically. That makes sense. And it would make sense if this is why those bullies are being this way, you know, because Pennywise is influencing them. Right. And, and I, 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 like, I think about it, I almost wish that would have been the case. Like, but no, like, the bullying was taken to such an extreme level that it just bothered me that it, you never know why. Right, because it and it and it ramps up right after you kind of get that idea, you get the idea that Pennywise has this like almost hypnotic influence. Then then it ramps way up, right? Like yes. the stuff Henry does after you realize Pennywise is like talking through the TV, right? Like and then it goes nuts, and then you understand like why it's at that level. But yeah, leading up to it, you're and because these are freshmen, like it's not like they have this long "I've been a bully for four years" relationship, right? Like, why is he already so mad at these? kids to the point where you're using weapons yeah and it and it, it came off like it's a personal vendetta right yeah okay so that that was one of the plot holes i wanted to talk about um okay i wanted to talk about georgie and how the movie ended that that's that's we're going into like major spoiler territories there um were you okay with how the movie ended or did you feel okay? Just yeah. Were you okay with how the movie ended? That's what I want to know. I was only because, and this might be a spoiler, only because we know it's not the end. Oh, okay. Because it's not a standalone, right? The mini series was two parts, right? And I and you can look this up because they've been pretty much announced it was not going to be a standalone, mm-hmm. but they make it very clear, right, that it's not a standalone. I think I, f- I was more forgiving because of that. Okay. There, if it was a standalone, I, I and I still have some major right. problems with how it ended, but I think because it's like to be continued, I'm a little more forgiving. But I think we have the same thoughts on the plot holes. Right. And I don't think that's a spoiler just because, yeah, from the original um, from the original TV series, from the book, half like the first two episodes of the miniseries is with the kids. The next two are when they're 27 years later as adults. And so, yeah, so the movie ends chapter one. So you obviously know there's going to be a chapter two, probably when they're adults. Okay. And that makes sense. And I, okay. I'll, I'll accept that. I think that's okay. Um, okay. Let me, let me just look at my, okay. 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 This is, this is definitely okay. Again, first five minutes. I, I dude, I got to talk to you about this. Okay. Listener spoiler. Okay. So we talked about the scene, the scene with um, Georgie going to the sewer in the very you know first five minutes when you meet Pennywise. They're talking. 
I don't know if this happens in the book or the TV series. Okay, again, listener, spoiler. Pennywise bites Georgie's arm off. Well, not right? just bites it. Like, does he eat it? He rips it off. I thought he bit it off. I, th- no, I thought because well, so he mouth bit him, opens. He bit him like on the wrist, though. And then he and then, but it rips out from like his shoulder. I don't know. I thought he ripped it out. Okay, okay. I would. But either way, it was very jarring. Yes, it, it, and it was like it was, it was, ve- it was a very, very strong, poignant. We're gonna set the tone of this movie, like, totally. and we're gonna do it right now with this scene, with this right here, right <laughs> now, and yeah, and I was, I like. I, I was very put off. I was very like, oh my gosh, that is disturbing. Like this is like, like this is like a eight year old child. Like you just had his arm ripped or bitten off, right? Um, do do you think that that was completely necessary? Um, so I had a somewhat similar thought. Like I had like a almost a twofold thought. The first was this is not this the level I thought it was going to be, right? But at the same time, I almost got excited. Like a part of me was like, whoa, here we go. And I think yeah. I even turned to you and I was like, whoa. Yes. Yeah. When we were in the theater. Yeah. Because I didn't expect it. So it was twofold. Definitely um, the argument to what, whether it was necessary or not, I don't know because you didn't really see that type of thing again in the movie as no. far as that level of like violence from, yes, exa- from him. Ex- and this is why I so wanted to bring this weird. up. Yeah. Th- and that's exactly why I wanted to bring it up is because – so. <laughs> and, and, okay, this is non-spoiler. Georgie, Georgie goes missing. Like he's one of the kids among many other kids that go missing, and so his older brother Bill, for the for you know the duration of the film, he's looking for him. Um, and so he, Pennywise takes his arm, and just like you said, you don't ever see any other scenes that are that grotesque or that gruesome that happen to any of the other kids. The kids are harmed. There def- there's definitely right. harm that comes to the kids, but there's not mutilation, right? No, definitely. And so, like, and so after the movie ended, like, I kept like, thinking back to that scene, and I'm like, okay, the scene was creepy. The conversation between them was creepy. You definitely got, like, this dark, like, foreboding feeling. You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, if if Pennywise had just grabbed him and snatched him and pulled him into the sewer and he just goes missing, that's creepy. Like, and that's still unsettling. But he freaking binds his arm off. Right. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that was my reaction. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Did that just happen? Like, and I think the whole theater had that reaction. Yeah. And I agree. I, I think to your argument, had he just dragged him, like, obviously unwillingly down right. into yes. that hole, yes. I think I would have been just as scared. Yes. And I don't know, like, I'm not the director, but maybe to argue for the director, yeah. maybe they just wanted to set that tone. Maybe okay. it's like, hey, this is this isn't the 1990 it right right like this is the the 2017 it yeah and but you're right because it never was introduced again to that level like the kids there's blood drawn right like yeah but it's scrapes and cuts and things like that and it's there's no more like limb biting or ripping off or or blood squirting out of your arm right type stuff okay okay so okay for my plot holes the things like the things that just bothered me that i just kept thinking about after the movie those are some of the ones that without getting into huge major spoilers right okay so tell me the things that you want to talk about in terms of critiques or plot holes or things like that so a lot of mine were were pretty similar um yeah we don't want to jump into like huge spoilers but you and i talked about kind of the ending yeah and I, like I said, I think we can forgive some of that because it's not over. Yeah, and that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. One thing, one thing. If if we're just talking about this chapter one of it, one thing I I wish they would have done a little more is they're all sitting at kind of the 
the fair and they're talking about the town's history. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. and one of the kids says, "Well, my dad believes the town's cursed." Mm-hmm. Like, well, I would be cursed, and then someone else says. I think this can all be traced back to like one thing or what, you know, on the why the town's cursed. Right. And I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't think that that was that one thing was Pennywise, right? Like I think Pennywise was born from something else, like a reason why Pennywise terrorizes this very town. Right. But they never talked about it again. Right. They never talked about, you know, why Pennywise, why clown, why does he live in the sewer? They talked about like the first recorded history of it happening, right? But and I don't like I said maybe maybe the second movie will explain that a little more. But they alluded to this like we're gonna uncover something bad the town did, and that's why this happens to yeah. them. And they just never visited again. Yeah. So I, and again, I'm just going off a of hearsay. What I've heard from I guess the novel and things like that is that Pennywise is apparently like an alien entity that he's from another world. Um. You know, there is no origin story within this It movie. And so his, his I guess, personification is that of just evil, right? So you don't, you, there is no like, oh, he's like this alien or whatever. Or, you know, from, he came from a different world or a different dimension. He's just, yeah, this, he's just this personification of evil. And you're right. Like there is no, there is no background. There is no nothing. It's just this thing that all of a sudden became a thing, you know? Um, so are you saying you would like to you would have liked to have more origin or reason as to why Pennywise is there? Yeah, and maybe not so much like where Pennywise came from, but like why this small town right. in hmm. you know, why Derry is what mm-hmm. the town's called. Mm-hmm. Why Derry? Like did they did the townspeople do something bad in the history and so like, now so they were like deserving. Right. Of, so yeah. like so now yeah. like generations later, you know, cuz there's things that aren't explained. Why does it happen every X amount of years. Why, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, is there some symbolism that the old townspeople did? And maybe there's not, and that's fine. And Stephen King maybe wrote that way on purpose. But because they kind of introduced, and I started thinking, oh, maybe the town, you know, like did something to the circus a long time ago and, right. and chased him out, you know, right. whatever, um, that I thought they would maybe explore that. And yeah. they didn't. And I don't know if the book does, because I haven't read it. I don't know if Stephen King. You know, but um, then they should have just left it alone. They shouldn't have said like, right. "Oh, it all comes back to this one thing," and because you're like, "Well, what's that one thing? What'd you guys yeah. do?" Yeah. Does it does it make you want to read the book? It does, yeah. and I've heard it's pretty long. Really? Yeah, I've heard it's like a, you know, a long book. Yeah. And I could totally be wrong, but so, I've heard it's long. Well, I've, and I've tried to look this up. I've tried to find out what is Stephen King's like best selling book of all time, and I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that definitively said like this is like his best-selling book right. but i i went through like so many different websites that listed like his top 10 books every single website that i found that listed his top 10 top five whatever it was always number one always and so so yeah i i think i think i'm motivated enough to like get the like audiobook i think right. when i'm on like a work trip like i think it'd be fun to listen to it i really do okay I- any other critiques that you had on the movie um no, I mean, like I said, I think any of my criticisms might be solved with the next one, and I don't want to get into, like, I don't want to spoil it for mm-hmm. the sake of talking about those things. Um, my only other thing is Mike, right? He's the homeschooled kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should have, he just kind of appeared. I know, yeah. And I kind of mm-hmm. didn't like his story was kind of disjointed. Yeah. I liked him as a character, especially at the end. He kind of, you know, shows who he is and kind of, but his introduction to the group and, and kind of where he came from right. and how he joins the story was a little disjointed for me. But, I mean, 
like I said, we're kind of splitting hairs here because the overall movie yeah. was great. Yeah, and so one of the strong suits that I felt with the movie was how well they developed some of the kids. You really get to know Bill. You really get to know Beverly. Um, I feel like you get to know Stanley pretty well. So he's the Jewish kid, right? you know? Um, even though he doesn't have, I don't feel like he has as many lines in the movie or scenes as the other kids. You feel like you still get to know him. Um, Ben, they start off strong, you know, with the whole new kids on the block and like his interaction with Beverly, but all of a sudden it just drops off and like, he's almost kind of forgotten. And the the only bring him back in is when like, he kind of has his crush on Beverly. But yeah, with, with Mike, like they have the scene when he's in the farm with his grandpa and then you see him being bullied. But like, yeah, there's like, there, as well as they develop some of the kids, a lot of, the, some of the other kids were definitely neglected. Right. And, and yeah, like, and, and you, you definitely are left wanting more, especially from Mike. I, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think, I think we talked about everything I had. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I talked about everything that I wanted to in terms of my like issues with the movie, but okay, let's, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll end our review with, um, I guess kind of your biggest takeaways or the messages and things that you liked about the movie. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I'll give you the last one. Um, the last word, but, um, I just, the, the whole, the whole premise of the movie is over, overcoming your fears. And I actually saw this little, uh, promotional video, um, on the movie that was just, I think it was just sent out online. So you can find it like on YouTube or Twitter for the movie. And it's all the kid actors and they're all, and and they're all telling the audience or the people watching. They're like, look, you might be not into scary movies, but everybody has fears. Overcome your fear. Go see this movie because the movie is about overcoming fears. And when you like, when you break it down to its like bolts and nuts of the movie, that is what it's about. Pennywise feeds off of fear. And he feeds off of the kid's fear. And he gets stronger the more fear that he, you know, he's, he, I guess, senses from people. And, and he loses strength when the kids start overcoming their fears. And Pennywise, he's, he doesn't just manifest as a clown. He can take the form of different other things. And you'll see that in the movie because not all the kids are scared of clowns. They're scared of other things. And and you'll see that in the movie. So I just, I love that message. I love you know, just breaking it down to just the nitty gritty of the movie is about the kids facing their fears, overcoming their fears and yeah, just staring down their demons really. Like I I like that. And, 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 you know, for, for a movie that is meant to scare you and just like give you those thrills and jumps and stuff like that. Like I thought, I thought it had a solid story. So, okay. Final words. Let's hear it. Yeah. Same thing. So I was, I was thinking about, I was like, I know, he talks about like the message. I'm like, we're talking about a killer clown movie. Like <laughs> what, what message? And this was before I saw it. Right. And even after I was like, oh, he's going to ask me this still, yeah. but same thing, uh, facing your fears and that you don't, some you do. So I don't want this to be a blank, blanket statement, but you don't have to face all your fears alone. Oh, right. Like yeah. they, they faced yeah. them together and that's yeah. kind of, and cause you get, so you get their fears, but then because they're so well developed, you get backstories on a lot of them mm-hmm. and not, and you know, none of them have what I would call a super great home life, mm-hmm. right? A couple of them have like, nothing's really wrong. There's some that there's a really messed up home yes. life. Yeah. And I think they band together because of that, but also because of this. So they're facing this real fear of, of Pennywise and this like evil entity, but they also have the things that they have to face at home and they're learning that, they, you know, they can face them together. 
they've got these friends that they can rely on, you know, that they, they, they call the, the losers club and, right, and, right. and that's their, their friends and they face this fear together. So I think there's some fears you, you know, you can't say you, there's not fears you have to face alone because there are right. some, but I think part of it and why they, you know, can create this ragtag group is right. you don't have to face every single fear by yourself. Yeah, no, I like that. And, and, and that, that's definitely very poignant in the movie because it leads to certain experience that the kids have, whether they're alone or they're together. No, I like that, man. That's good. See, even 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 in horror movies, you know, you can find you can find even the... killer clowns can teach <laughs> yeah. us a lesson, right? Oh, that's good, man. I like that. Okay, Kyle, that's good stuff. Let's let's go ahead. We're gonna end the podcast on doing our backseat director's recommendation. Our recommendation, Kyle. What is your recommendation on the movie? It is is it a go see it? I mean, like this is a great movie. You gotta see it in theaters. Um, maybe wait, meaning you liked it. It's worth seeing. You're not going to miss out on anything if you don't see it in theaters, but still watch it or no go. I would say, and I'm trying to put my horror fandom aside Mm -hmm. for me, it's still a go see it. Nice. Even if you're not a horror, like super fan. And I think it's because what we talked about earlier, the experience of seeing it with people. So try to see it while the theaters are still kind of full. Don't go on like, you know, Wednesday afternoon because you have the day off. Right. Because... It was so fun with everyone else. The everyone screams at the same time. Everyone laughs at the same time. Yeah. Everyone you could kind of hear like when you we knew something was going to be scary, you kind of hear some people uh, you know like <laughs> yeah. but like audible, you could hear people yeah. kind of like I know something's going to happen or don't go over there. Um and so I think because the theater experience will make it different, it's a go see it. Okay. I like it. Okay. And Kyle, I still haven't made my decision on what my recommendation is. Like, I, I'm still going back and forth, and and I'm gonna give you my reasons. Okay, I like the movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, and I'm glad that I went. It, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I don't know if it was the movie that I would have gone to see anyway. Um, and so, you know, and so I, I am glad that I went and saw it. Um, and honestly, like, if I was with, if my wife was like. Hey, I think I want to go see the movie. I think I'd go see it again with her. I really would. Okay, so this is why I'm teetering on my recommendation because any movie that I've seen that's really creeped me out and that like like that still kind of has that lingering creepy ominous feeling afterwards, it's because I saw it at home. There's there is an element of seeing a movie, a scary movie at home in a very in the intimate setting of home that when you have that viewing experience at home and then you turn the TV off and you're just left to your thoughts in your home. I just, there, there's an element of scariness that is just, I feel like it's even more intense. So I feel like if I had seen it for the first time at home, like say by myself, instead of like a theater full of people, like I, I think it would have been even scarier. And so that might just be my personal preference. And so like, I liked seeing in theaters and I thought it was fun, especially around so many people. And so this is why I'm like, I'm trying to make up my mind on like what I recommend, because I think if people were to wait and see it at home, I feel like it's going to be just as good. So I don't know what to recommend. Okay. If, if people are looking, if they're looking for a good scary movie and it's like fall season, we're coming up on Halloween, go see it. You're not going to be disappointed. I honestly don't think you're going to be disappointed in spite of my the plot holes that I pointed out, instead of like the issues that I had with the movie, I thought it was still a very well put together movie. I thought the story was good. I, the acting from the kids was so 
good. All of those just really like want me to say, go see it. And for those people who want to see a scary movie, go see it. Absolutely. For people who are maybe not so into scary movies, but like that kind of like at home with like your significant other, whatever, pull a blanket over your eyes. This is, this is probably a maybe wait. Like, so I don't know, man, gosh, I'm seeing the recording still going. I'm trying to decide. I don't know what to say. Um, So you're saying if you want your jacket on your coat hanger to scare you later, yes, watch it at home. That's what I'm seeing. And so like, okay, okay, I'm going to say go see it. That That's my recommendation. I'm going to give it a go see it. I enjoyed the movie. I really did. And I'm glad that I saw it. And so for that re- those reasons alone, I will say go see it. I think for me personally, it would have been scarier if I saw it at home. Like I said, I think there is just something to that intimate setting of viewing it on your own TV. And once the movie ends, you turn the TV off. There's no one around you. Even if, yeah, you're, you're married, whatever, girlfriend, who, whatever. There's just something about watching a scary movie for the first time at home that just like totally. makes it. So, okay, but I'm, I'm with you. Go see it. That's my recommendation. Okay. Any final words, final thoughts? No, I think I think I agree with you. If you are looking for a good horror movie, or even if you're just curious, maybe you're not a horror fan. Yeah, it's well done. And yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it it is funny. As as much as you're gonna scream, you're also gonna laugh. <laughs> All right, Kyle, that's it, man. Thanks. That's the podcast. We did it. Okay, so um, for our listeners who uh, are interested in maybe continuing the conversation on it, or if they want to follow you on social media, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, I switched mine so they match. Twitter and Instagram now, which is underscore Kyle Garrett and then another underscore. Perfect. Okay, listeners, go follow Garrett. Find him on Twitter. Find him on Instagram. I'll tag him in all the posts. Um, and listeners, thank you so much for downloading today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to stay subscribed and up to date on all the podcasts so you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, and really a bunch of other podcast outlets, whatever you might subscribe to, you should find us there. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us out incredibly. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, and again, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. On behalf of Kyle, this is Andre with Backseat Directors um, signing out. We'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Andre. We're here with a couple members of the audience. They're going to give us their quick take on it. So just your first name, one word to describe the movie, and if you think it's worth seeing in theaters, okay? Okay, my name's Katie. One word to describe the movie. Um, disturbing, maybe? Disturbing. That's a good one. And then I, I would definitely go see it. Yeah? Okay. Perfect, thank you. There you go. Um, I'm Cash Connery, and the movie was... Um, Interesting, intriguing. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Okay. Do you do you think do you think it's uh yeah? Would you recommend others to see it in theaters? Um, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. In the perfect row, sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone. 